Good Sunday morning to everyone. The Joe and Joe Weather Show back uh, after a few days off. So hopefully uh, everybody had a very nice welcome to the uh, first day of spring, which came in yesterday. Uh, Mr. Rayo, you ushered it in nicely, I'm sure. And just really quick, uh, well, let's let's uh, do a little business here. The Joe and Joe Weather Show brought to you by Omni True Value Hardware, getting ready for spring even as we speak. Uh, we've got uh, uh, topsoil, mulch, uh, and the the, uh, uh, the the tractors and the front loaders are all moving the stuff around. So uh, you need to get your yard in tip-top shape or if you're a landscaper, uh, in need of uh, materials to get somebody else's yard in tip-top shape, Omni True Value Hardware is the place to go to, 1226 North Wellwood Avenue in West Babylon, 631-756-1125 is the uh, telephone number, and the website is omnitruevalue.com. And we're also brought to you by Wholesale Holiday Lighting by Giannini at 162 Ocean Avenue in Lindenhurst, right around the corner practically. Plan ahead for the next holiday season. Uh, and uh, we've got Easter coming up, and uh, Wholesale Holiday Lighting's got the uh, colors for the Easter season for you. Your complete holiday lighting specialist meeting all your decorating needs, and their website is liholidaylighting.com. So, um, Mr. Rayo, uh, yes. a, a couple of things. First off, uh, I, I want to uh, you, you posted, I didn't get a chance to read it. Uh, but you did post something today uh, about the, or yesterday, about the unequal equinox. So maybe you, if you could explain yes. that. Well, we're always uh, taught, Joe, and everybody, and first of all, good morning to you. You know, a funny thing, Joe, I saw the, uh, I always watch uh, CBS Sunday morning, and they had a piece about famous people who give classes online. They call it the master class. And one of the, well, actually, two of the people who give a class is Penn and Teller. You, you know them, right? Yes, of Las course. Vegas, magicians, whatever. And I said to myself, maybe Joe and I ought to give a master class, and we do it in the same way that Penn and Teller do it. So why are you, you, you going to make me disappear? One... No, I'm, I, what I'm going to say is that you're the one who's going to do all the explaining, and of course Teller is the one that says nothing. Right. He does. He does some of the tricks, but he but he says nothing. So I'm going to let you from here on, Joe. You're going to do Joe and Joe. I'm just going to sit here like this. No, 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 no. You, you, that's your, you, you explain this. <laughs> okay. You, you, you do All right. this. I'm getting maps ready. All you right. do this. Okay. Well, you know, if we lived on a planet with no air, first of all, none of us would be here, but from a geometric standpoint, because the earth is tilted at 23 and a half degrees inclination to the sun at two times during the course of the year in March and in September, uh, that tilt allows allows the entire hemisphere facing the sun to be bathed in sunlight that lasts 12 hours, 12 hours of day, 12 hours of night. And of course, out of a 24-hour solar day, we call this the equinox, equal days, equal nights. But it is not the truth. Uh, on the day of the equinox, which was yesterday, we if you checked your local newspaper and looked at sunrise and sunset times, you would notice, you do a little bit of mental uh, calculation, that actually the day yesterday, the day of the equinox, lasted 12 hours and seven minutes. Seven minutes longer than 12 hours. More daylight than nighttime or more time 
in the sun as opposed to being out of the sun. So why do we call it the equinox? It's because we live on a planet with an atmosphere. The atmosphere acts like a lens. When that sun comes up over the horizon, and how many of you have seen these wonderful pictures, these travel, uh, trying to lure you, let's say, to the tropics of the young couple, the guy in his Speedo, the gal in her bikini, walking along the beautiful white beach. And there, off in the distance, is that beautiful orange-red sun coming right above the horizon or about to go down below the horizon. Do you know what they're doing? They're I, can, I can only imagine with the bikini and the Speedo, but go on. <laughs> they're looking. They're looking, and you're seeing an optical illusion. The sun is not really there. The reason why we see the sun in that position, sitting right on the horizon, either at sunrise or sunset, is because down near the down near the uh, uh, the horizon, the atmosphere is thickest and acts like a lens. And is actually the sun is below the horizon, but the lens effect of the atmosphere is lifting that image above the horizon, allowing us to see it. So we actually are getting a few extra minutes of daylight when the sun is not really there, both in the morning before it has risen. And after it is set, we, we still see the sun for a few minutes because, again, of that lifting effect. We see it for about three or four minutes extra in the morning before the sun has risen and about three or so minutes before after it's set. So actually, because of the atmosphere, we add about seven minutes to the day. That's why on the day of the equinox, it's not 12 hours of daylight. It's about 12 hours and seven minutes. The real day when we have equal day and re equal night is not the 20th of March, but actually the 17th, St. Patrick's Day. That's the day when uh, we have equal days and equal nights. So in that article that I wrote, and you can always go to take a look at it, either on space.com or go to my uh, Facebook page, Joe Rayo Weather, I called it the unequal equinox because, again, uh, the days are not exactly equal on the day of the equinox in both the fall, September, and also in the spring in March because of that lifting effect of the atmosphere acting as a lens and allowing us to see the sun for a few extra minutes, both in the morning and in the evening. All right. Okay, great. So uh, for, for again, uh, for reference, uh, go to space.com. And uh, also you could go to uh, Joe Rayo's Facebook page, Joe Rayo Weather, uh, to find the link. I want to mention, by the way, that Chris Christina Pedia is on the chat board. Uh, but uh, today uh, she is uh, in uh, in hospital uh, recovering from uh, COVID issues. So uh, we wish her all the best and uh, lots of love and get better really really fast. Uh, so uh, it does you know the, the COVID thing is, is you know obviously still going on and it continues to have impact. Uh, so everybody just you know. Stay safe if you're out if you're out and about. Just just want to uh, just want to throw that out there, okay? And she's on the chat board right now, uh, which is great. Awesome, Christina Pedia, one of our big fans. Yes, for all of these months and years. Yeah. Yes, and uh, nice to have you back. And here on most nights too on the chat board. So that again, get get uh, get better and get better quick. Now, before we get into the regular weather, I want to touch on something that that I noticed that. For the life of me, Joe, I, I just could not understand this at all. Uh, and maybe you can shed your own, some light on this. So let's go back because we haven't been here since Wednesday. Happy St. Joseph's Day, which was Thursday. 
<clears throat> we are still waiting yeah. for that. You're, you're, you know, I know you're still waiting for that 1.4 inches for, of snow, and I'm not here to ride you about it but at all. But, but what really bugged me, uh, and I noticed this on, on Friday and yesterday too, and it seemed to be coming from you know, a lot of um, snow removal folks. Uh, and that was, and, and not all of them from here. Uh, I, what I did not understand is this. Uh, so, so I had my opinions about what was going to happen. You had your opinions. Other forecasters had their opinions. I think it became pretty clear, though, by the time we got to Thursday, uh, that not much, if anything, was going to happen um, for, for Thursday night into Friday. Yet I, yeah. yet I got, uh, and I have snow removal guys that I work with, and I've often brought up the concept of forecast shopping and how... Uh, how uh, dangerous it is to go forecast shopping. You, you, you come out with what your opinion is, and then, of course, you know somebody will say, well, how come you're saying this and so-and-so is saying that? Uh, I, I was stunned because I was getting screenshots from apps, from people's weather apps uh, for Thursday night and Friday, calling for all sorts of snow accumulation amounts for Friday morning. And I, I was shaking my head. Uh, in a big way. Uh, the, I, I don't understand. I don't know where they were coming from in terms of, uh, obviously they were model, you know, a lot of, almost all apps, all weather apps with their forecasts are, are model driven. Mine is not. Okay. You, so, you know, those of you who use my weather app know right. that, that mine is not. Uh, there's a weather service forecast that you can get from there, but you also have my input uh, that is uh, there multiple times every day and including you could watch the show on there and everything else. I don't want to make this a commercial for the app. You can find it on Google Play or on the App Store. But uh, it was driving me crazy, Joe. And, and then, of course, you know, the, the day after and the day after that uh, came endless criticisms for forecasts. I just wonder, where did you where did these people get these this idea that somehow there was going to be not just a plowable snow, but in some cases, a significant plowable snow, and I will tell you, I'm not. I don't want to say who it is, okay? But there were, there was, there were, there was one particular weather service that on Thursday night into Friday, uh, Thursday night, was still putting, sending, putting up stuff that people were getting from their app uh, that uh, there was a 60% chance of at least X number of inches for areas that just were not going to get it. I, I don't understand it. It was pretty to me. Not to let me just want, wrap this up because I'm going. I'm getting. I'm when I get wrapped up on a subject matter, you know, I get, tend to get winded. Uh, but this was not. This just wasn't going to happen. So uh, I don't. I don't know how. Is it a communication problem on our part when we say something is not going to happen and everybody else seems to think that it is? I, I don't know what. I don't know how to how to approach this. I don't know either, Joe. I uh, maybe it, as, as our mutual friend Alan Casper used to say, some forecasters forecast with their heart rather than with their head, and I guess a lot of people on Thursday and Thursday night were forecasting more with their heart. And uh, I, I would I would have loved to have seen Central Park get about an inch and a half of snow, which quickly would melt, um, just to, to make it to that 40 inch category. We're still not out completely out of the ball game, but. 
I had pretty well said, well, so much for tomorrow morning. I didn't even give it a second thought. But, you know, I don't know. Uh, why would why would somebody go for even, you know, measurable snow, as you mentioned, plowable snow in a situation which just wouldn't seem to support it come the the, uh, the night before? I, 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 I don't know. Yeah, it, it just was something that was uh, <clears throat> on my mind for the last uh, last couple of days or so. I was just really totally annoyed by it all. So anyhow, that's me. <laughs> okay, uh, that is me, and uh, we'll uh, hopefully, uh, you know, when the next one comes, if and when the next one comes. If, if, if it does, yeah. Yeah. And um, you never know, and you never know. I mean, like I, last year, in the year of, may I use a $5 word, the, the, the year of the paucity of snow. I mean, Central Park ended up with less than five inches all of last year. Who would have thought, or who would have put any money down that the last snowflakes would be sighted on the 9th of May, for goodness sake. Uh, after that, nothing to me is impossible. So who knows? This may be the year that we, we do get the one and a half inches, but we'll have to wait until the last week of April to get it. I, I don't know, but uh, it doesn't look like anytime soon we're going to be seeing any flaky weather in and around our area. In fact, a bit later in the show, I'll bring up the uh, three to four week experimental prog from the Climate Prediction Center, which pretty much says that at least the first half of April is going to be a above normal temperature wise in our part of the country. In fact, most parts of the country and be drier than normal. We may be in for a nice, warm, dry for the most part, first half of April, which which, you know, uh, in, in many years that we've seen in the past, a backward spring with chilly temperatures and rainy conditions or whatever, that'd be a nice change of pace for, for a change. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I don't know. I just, it just, it just kind of hit me the wrong way uh, to see one person after another, after another, after another. And I just kept asking myself, you know, where were you getting your information from? Cause this was never going to be anything of consequence to begin with. And, and again, as we got closer to it, uh, it, it, it looked more and more like we were going to get nothing. And by the way, uh, prepare yourselves for the next couple of weeks because I'm sure there will be, and there already have been, and there will probably continue to be, model runs that will show certain things that um, seem to defy reality. And uh, I'm, I'm sure we're going to probably have a, a, a similar conversation uh, in the next couple of weeks over, over, over this particular subject matter. But Yes, you would agree with me at least going forward for this week. The week this coming week does look relatively quiet. I, uh, even even uh, with the next cold front late this week, it, it doesn't look like like it's going to be anything to rock your socks off. From what I can from what I've seen. No, my socks are not, do not look like they're getting ready to get rocked or knocked. Uh, this week does look like a very quiet week. Uh, um, uh, there was a forecaster I used to love you know, reading his discussions in Pittsburgh, who, when we got into a pattern like this, he'd always headline his uh, technical discussion with easy money weather this week, because this basically, if you're a synoptic forecaster, is going to be pretty easy money. The, uh, the weather is going to be quiet. No big storms loom on the horizon. Temperatures will be at or above uh, normal for the most part. So, and, and all things considered, especially after the February that we went through, 
we could use a few days of uh, relaxation. Or as, as our dear friend Elmer Fudd used to say, West and we waxation at West. At West. Okay. <laughs> at West. Um, all right. So I'm going to bring up the uh, GOES satellite. By the, by the way, yesterday... By the way, yesterday morning on Meat TV, when they they run Bugs Bunny, uh, the, the ones that you and I grew up with, uh, right. of all those years ago, and one of them that they ran yesterday on Meat TV was the Uncle Wooey episode. Uh, Uncle Wooey. Uncle Wooey. Bucket. You know, and, yeah, Uncle Wooey. <laughs> Uncle Wooey. <laughs> the rabbit kicked the bucket. The rabbit kicked the bucket. The bucket. The rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> oh good lord uh the world so we... what are we looking at for yes yeah so so uh the world we live in yeah the one the one thing that i thought i'm still not 100 well i'm still not 100 percent sure i i don't like the spring uh, uh from the standpoint of forecasting i've always thought that uh the spring uh is you know from the standpoint of uh forecasting probably uh, the most frustrating time of year. It's even more frustrating than the winter time because uh, the issue of the cold ocean, low clouds, and everything else uh, is uh, enough to drive you batty. Uh, and uh, oftentimes you'll have situations where you're forecasting sunny skies and you wind up being overcast. And we're seeing some of that today, by the way, in the southeast. There's actually a low that's off the southeast coast, off the uh, Georgia, South Carolina off the Georgia, North Florida coast, actually. And if you look closely on the loop, you can actually see a little bit of a rotation there. Uh, and there's clouds. I'm sitting in these clouds. You see them backing westward across Georgia and into Alabama, also extending up into North Carolina. I, I'm, I'm thinking that we should be okay from this, at least into Tuesday. At some point, I'm, I'm thinking that the onshore flow that's setting up because of the fact that the high this time around and uh, you'll, I'll, I'll, uh, the, the high is kind of, you know, in this sort of east-west fashion here overhead, and it's going out toward Cape Cod and to the east. The, the flow off the ocean, I think, is going to have some temperature impact. Now, whether it has a sky cover impact uh, may be another matter. I don't know how you feel about this. Well, you know, it's always tricky at this time of the year. As you've mentioned time and time again, in this part of the country, in the, in the tri-state area, if you get a flow off of that chilly Atlantic Ocean, uh, you could end up with a sudden push of low, you know, stratus, uh, low, low-hanging clouds, or a flow that, if it is robust enough, will hold temperatures along the coastline down, whereas inland areas are considerably warmer. So you always have to be careful. If you're a, if you're a weathercaster and you're forecasting, if you're on television or on, on radio, major market radio here in, the, in this part of the country, this time of the year, your forecast tends to run a bit longer than usual because you have to take into account so many different factors. You know, you're talking to not just one group, you're talking to a whole bunch of groups. You folks on the coastline of New Jersey and Long Island, you're going to get this, clouds and cool temperatures. And you folks who are listening north and west of the city, you're going to get more sunshine and warmer temperatures. So all of these things, you know, come into play when you're doing a forecast now and yet this this could be one of those situations this week where at first glance you say ah no problem but then you know a few days later you say well we should have we should have taken into account this and that or whatever like that so you got to be careful maybe sometimes in, in this type of a weather pattern and of course with the high where it is it's hard to, i don't think there's going to be any rain issues 
at, at least, uh, you know, unless we get it when we get into Thursday and, and, and the atmosphere becomes a little bit, I guess what we could call, a, you know, a dirty high uh, with uh, low clouds and maybe a mo some moisture that a shower pops up here and there. But in terms of widespread rain, that just isn't going to happen. No, I don't think, uh, uh, again, uh, we may be dry. The, the, con the conditions in terms of the sky conditions may not necessarily be bright and sunny and pristine. You may have more clouds than you care to see, but it does look at least for the next several days like that it's dry. And by the way, in spite of the fact that we had that rain last week, and it did amount to in many areas at or above one inch, in spite of that, we're running uh, in terms of uh, rainfall so far this season, Joe, or so far since the start of this year, we're in a bit of a deficit. We're about an inch and a half to two inches below normal. So what we could use is a nice gentle you know, rain to get us closer to uh, the norms. But again, it does look like that's going to happen at least through the next three or four days here. Yeah, exactly. We could, you know, we, you know, the rain, the rain that we had days ago, a few days ago, uh, you know, get, we'd be getting these rainfall uh, situations days and day, you know, weeks apart. So uh, it'd be, a good thing would be to get maybe a couple of these back to back might be a bit more helpful with the, as far as settling down uh, the dryness. But um, you mentioned, as you said, with the long range that it just doesn't look, you know, it looks like it's, it's going to be more dry than anything else. Radar right now, if you look at the U.S. loop here, thanks to UCAR, uh, pretty quiet uh, in the Carolinas. Down into Florida, though, right along the coast, you're seeing the effects of that ocean low uh, producing some light showers. And we've got precipitation up uh, in uh, Utah and extending up into Wy into Montana and parts of Wyoming. And this is where, by the way, uh, winter is still going on. I've got WPC's forecast here uh, up uh, for the potential for at least four inches. And it covers much of central Colorado. Looks like uh, it the I-25 corridor up and down, kind of right in the heart of this, uh, of uh, the snowfall that they're indicating. And I'm, I'm putting... Uh, up the probability of at least eight and there are going to be stretches west of Denver and on northward from there where it's an 80% or higher probability of at least eight and even Denver gets into the uh, uh, 50 to 60% probability of at least eight so uh, there is uh, some uh, so winter is still going on in some parts of the country uh, it's uh, mostly out in the West. So you see the probabilities that are also up in the Pacific Northwest Coast. I'll lower the number just to give you a bit of a wider range and go to four. Uh, meanwhile, uh, so it's up and down the Rockies. And meanwhile, for the same time frame in the next 72 hours in the Northeast and over in the Great Lakes, not a flake, not an ice pellet, nothing. Nothing. Not even a not even a little, little spritz here and there. Nope. <laughs> it's. It's uh, it it will be it will be dry and uh, you know it's nice. I, I I said to myself the other day looking out. I mean it's nice to finally see my lawn again. And uh, now after all, we had so much wind last week. I gotta get out there and pick up a lot of those sticks that and branches that broke off from that wind from last week. And it's it's time I guess to start thinking hard and long about uh, getting everything into shape uh, for. Well, the upcoming spring and summer season that uh, and, and these long stretches of dry and relatively mild weather will certainly go a long way toward that. Uh, WPC on their rainfall over the next seven days, uh, not really showing too much uh, in the northeast, uh, but 
uh, mostly on the order of a half an inch to maybe as much as an inch uh, in pockets, uh, northern New England, uh, inland of the coast from uh, the Catskills on south and west. You start to get into the bigger amounts across the uh, central Gulf states uh, where we're seeing uh, rainfall amounts of several inches or more, particularly in southeastern Louisiana, southern Mississippi, and southern Alabama uh, with a low that's probably going to come out of there later this week. Uh, up and down the Rockies, uh, uh, melted uh, precip amounts on the order of uh, an inch to an inch and a half or more in some places, particularly in, in uh, central Colorado. So you see where the purple is on WPC's map is pretty much where you have that eight inches or more being indicated in the next 72 hours. And there's more coming after that. Uh, also some wet weather up in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, severe weather-wise, Joe, it doesn't look like this is going to be a huge week uh, with respect to severe weather, at least so far. Uh, in fact, uh, they're actually uh, talking more about critical fire danger uh, for areas of, so of the southwest uh, because of how dry it is. But as far as uh, severe weather is concerned, there's no severe weather forecast for today or Tuesday. Tomorrow, there is a small area of risk being indicated uh, for parts of Oklahoma and northern Texas. And then I'll just jump over the, the day four to eight time frame. They're not putting anything... Uh, as far as uh, anything in their long range. But uh, they are saying predictability too low for days four through eight. So uh, that doesn't mean there won't be uh, severe weather. That means that uh, there's not enough there for them to put up a long-range uh, risk uh, zone. Uh, I, wouldn't, right. I wouldn't be – I'm not going to be surprised as we go through the latter part of the week when we get into the long range from SPC that there will be uh, some uh, – uh, some risk showing up somewhere, but it's it's too early for them uh, to uh, put it up uh, in, in their long-range outlook. So uh, we don't have the new GFS because we're on daylight saving time. We do have the NAM. Yes, lovely. Yes, I know. I had You know I had to say that. Uh, <laughs> I had to bring that up. Uh, the uh, Again, in the East, it's really about the position of the high, uh, which is, you know, out here in uh, off the New England coast. And the fact that you have the, this sort of onshore flow, you've got a weak low off the North Carolina is really not producing any rain. There's a low up in Iowa with a trailing cold front uh, that is moving eastward. Most of the energy with this is well to the north. It doesn't have a ton of Gulf inflow, which is why you don't really see too much in the way of convection. Although some heavier rains start to show up in southeast Louisiana, southern Mississippi, and Alabama along about Wednesday. But the east looks fine. Take a look out in Colorado, and you can see that one of the issues is you get these, this energy coming down from the northwest, producing you know, some areas of heavy snow uh, from time to time. There's one system that is, of course, there now, uh, that is uh, uh, setting up now for uh, tonight and for Monday, as soon as the circle of death starts to stop spinning here. But you can see it here this evening, uh, starting to form with an expanding area of snow uh, in Colorado and parts of uh, northwestern Kansas, uh, that low is going to be what heads up to the lakes. And then there's more energy that comes down. You see more snow in there uh, as we head into Wednesday. And then there's another system that's headed down from uh, the northwest. So it does seem that all the action is there uh, in the western part of the United, United States from the standpoint of snow. On the GFS, and we'll take a look at this today, uh, you know, you start to see a little bit of shower activity here well inland in western New York and western PA down the Appalachians on Wednesday. 
So that's part of that. I guess the high getting dirtier is a way to put it. And then here's your a low that comes out into Arkansas on Thursday. This is where you might see, you know, a chance for some severe weather risk in parts of the uh, in, uh, the deep south on Thursday in Alabama and Mississippi again, and maybe even into North Georgia and Western North Carolina come Friday. Joe, the DFS is, has backed off on, on showing widespread rain showers here. It looks like uh, it really doesn't show much of anything with a frontal passage here along about Friday. I don't know if that's true or not. The other models don't seem to be all on the same page with this. You know, well, let's, let's uh, invoke what I call Ant- Antoine's rules. And Tex Antoine, of course, for those of you who remember him from uh, many, many years back, uh, not a meteorologist, but probably New York's most popular TV weatherman during the 50s, 60s, and early 70s. And he used to, uh, you know, he'd show a, a weather map, he'd show a front approaching, and the National Weather Service, which we uh, based his forecast that he uh, used to uh, promote on the air, he'd say, well, the guys at the Weather Service aren't predicting a any any precipitation with this frontal passage, but, and then he'd look at you with a... Uh, somewhat semi-vexing look, and he'd say, but a front is a front is a front. And in other words, what he's trying to say is, regardless uh, whether the front, whether the machines, as he called them, said that there's not going to be any precipitation and it's going to be dry as that front passes by, the heck, mention at least a shower with the frontal passage because, again, a front is a front. So we might very well do that, even though the, uh, uh, you know, one of the models here is saying, well, now it uh, looks like it's going to be dry, you know. Mention the shower. What the heck? No one's gonna, no one's gonna get mad at you if, 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 if you know, we do get one. It doesn't look like a whole heck of a lot, but it's, it's it is, I think, something that you may want to mention. All right. Now, uh, here is uh, after that goes by next weekend uh, looks okay, and of course, I, I'm uh, some attention being drawn to this idea. Uh, for next Sunday into Monday of energy on the GFS anyway that dives down from the Great Lakes and you get a low that develops uh, in Maryland and then strengthens and um, this uh, for a couple of runs now showing snows up in northern New England. I will tell you that if you look at what's going on in the upper air, uh, the one thing that uh, is uh, different from the other models is the fact that the GFS is bringing energy down from northern, from Canada and digging it southeastward into the eastern part of the United States and strengthening it. Uh, if you look at uh, the European, for example, uh, the European shows a much weaker system coming down from the north uh, and strengthening it when it's well biased to the east. So this would be on the European's view would be nothing more than a than a cold front that would probably come through here sometime later on Sunday or Sunday night. And who knows what would be with that precip-wise, maybe a couple of showers, and that would be that. Uh, I uh, would tend to think that uh, this is probably the more likely outcome from anything that we may be seeing down the road. Uh, in other words, I don't believe the GFS's idea of showing, you know, some kind of uh, some kind of big storm for the uh, for the northeast for next weekend, and so if, if you hear it in in uh, in the in the gossip rooms, uh, the weather gossip rooms that are out there, um, you know you you uh, you have my never to be humble opinion. We're in look, we're at a time of year, Joe. I don't think you would disagree with me. 
we're at a time of year where it's prove it to me. Okay. This is a time of year where, uh, we're all from, we're all from Missouri. Exactly. Show me state. Show me, show Uh, me, prove it to me. Uh, you're going to have to really can start to convince me hard, uh, on the idea, uh, that, uh, we could wind up with a late season, uh, snow, uh, end of March, early April type event. Has it happened in the past? Of course it's happened in the past. Will it happen again in the future? I'm sure it will happen in the future. I just don't think that this is the future that we're looking to meet this future um, the next couple of weeks. I just, I'm, I'm, just, not, uh, I'm just not feeling it uh, again. You'll have to prove it to me. And of course, it, it, of course next, next Sunday, uh, an important day in the, in the Christian calendar, it, it is Palm, Palm Sunday. Sunday. Correct. Next Sunday. Yeah, and the Sunday yeah. after and, that uh, uh, is Easter Sunday, right? And the reason why we have Easter, why it's all lined up this way, next Sunday, along with being Palm Sunday, we have that night the Paschal full moon, the uh, the full moon, the first full moon of spring, and always, uh, well, not always, but um, after the first full moon, the Sunday following the first spring full moon is Easter Sunday. Interesting, you know, it, it's interesting, Joe what the astronomers say as for dating uh, Easter Sunday does not always line up with what the church, what the, uh, what the, what the Vatican uh, says, because the, the Vatican's follows a different set of rules. I don't know if you know this, there's something called the golden number uh, right. and other uh, factor, the other factors. They, they, the, the, the Vatican calculates the time of full moon based upon these somewhat arcane tables that, that they've used for hundreds and thousands of years, which differ from what the astronomers use. Also, the Vatican recognizes the first day of spring, not as the 20th or even the 19th of March anymore. They say, traditionally, that spring begins on the 21st of March. So there are cases, not they're few and far between, but there are some cases where what Astronomy says we should be celebrating uh, the the uh, Easter Sunday holiday uh, differs from what the Vatican says because the Vatican again are using these these out of date rules. Case in point, in in one particular situation, in the year 2038, according to the astronomers, Easter should be occurring that year in late March. The Vatican says no, no, no. Easter that year comes on April the 25th. That, April the 25th, is as late in the season, as late as you could possibly have Easter. So if you and I are still around in, April, in, in the year 2038, we will be celebrating an Easter Sunday that comes only mere weeks before Memorial Day, as late as wow. in, into April as you could possibly have. But again, that's because the Vatican, I think that year, again, the, the moon, the full moon that year, comes on... Uh, uh, March 20th, so we should be celebrating uh, Easter because March 20th is, is spring. But the Vatican says no. It, 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 according to our our rules, it's March 21st, so we right. have to wait until next month. Well, the Greek so the, the the Greek Orthodox Church and the Russian Orthodox Church they use the the, the is it what is it the full moon the first full moon after the first the uh, the first day of spring. And then the and the full right. moon, and it's the first Sunday after that, something like that. Correct. But what I'm saying is, is that you know, you you say, okay, well, all we have to do is look at the astronomical tables and see when spring begins and where the 
first moon after the after spring and and you do that but again um the 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 uh, use of the golden number and uh a couple of other things that the vatican uses or relies on they say no we we have to we have to say that spring begins regardless on on the 21st of march and according to our tables if if we have a full moon on this date whereas the astronomers say it's on that date you know then you end up with these discrepancies it, it doesn't happen very often right. in fact I'm, I'm supposed to do a in fact i'm supposed to do a column for space.com about this the pascal it's called the pascal term and um and another thing that's confusing and some of our uh folks on the chat board may be of the jewish faith um usually when you have that first full moon of spring the the pascal term that also coincides with the first night of passover but not always and again, the, the the Jewish or the Hebrew faith have their own set of rules. So it's, it's all rather confusing. It all boils down to, again, the motions of the moon and where we are in our orbit relative to the sun or whatever. But anyway, next I Sunday. Just, I, look, I just look at the... I just look at the what's on sale at the supermarkets when lamb goes on sale. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> when lamb goes on sale, I know that Easter is, you know, uh, that Passover and Easter are, get, are, are, are getting close. Well, again, it's a, it's an important date next Sunday because, again, it is Palm Sunday next Sunday. And the last thing that we want to see, regardless of uh, the fact that the GFS wants to cook up a, a monster nor'easter with possible rain and snow next uh, next Sunday, uh, the last thing we want to see is that. We, we, we always want to see nice weather on all holidays. So Palm Sunday, Passover, Easter Sunday. By the way, also, March 29th, which this year is on a Monday, March 29th in 1970 was Easter Sunday, and we had four inches of snow in Central Park. And up here where I lived, I think we had like a foot of snow on Easter Sunday. Yeah, if I remember so from, it, in the Bronx, we had like a, we had a foot, and uh, more close yeah. to it, as I remember. Yeah. And I have, I have, yeah. me, I have memories of uh, the, the uh, piles of snow and the water rolling down the hill where I lived uh, the next couple of days. Because it really didn't snow very much that winter, so it it, it kind of all made it up uh, toward the end. If you think about if you think about Easter Sunday, it's a weird holiday in terms of holidays because, in terms of weather, because you if I mention to you, what's the weather on Christmas Day? You immediately think of a snow covered you know field with snowmen and flakes falling down. That's 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 Christmas Day. Think about the 4th of July and immediately think of people at the beach in hot weather because that's that's what we expect the 4th of July. Easter, because of it's a movable feast, you can have either one of those. You could have a big snowstorm as we had in 1970. Six years later, Easter came on April 18th. We had 96 degrees in New York City. So we can go either way with that. It's, a, it's Again, because of the fact it's a movable <clears throat> feast and occurring right at that transitional time of the year between the winter and the spring, uh, you could have all kinds of weather on Easter Sunday. All right. Uh, Scott Briller hitting a super chat today. Uh, thank you, Scott. Uh, and, uh, Joe, you have the uh, the questions. Briller Jeopardy. Yeah. Yes, because, yes. And, and I hope it's not an example of what our audience may be doing, but JJ's been with me here in, in uh, my little room, and he's fast asleep. <laughs> so he's... <laughs> he, he, the show is not well, the show is not riveting enough to keep him awake. Let's put it that way. This is uh, this is kind of like the same thing that happens to me when I turn on Bob Ross. Yes, uh, 
And <laughs> and if you if you have trouble, if you're an insomniac and you can't get to sleep, just turn Bob Ross on and just listen. And within ten minutes, you're out. Um, I always call Friday Saturday night. Joe is Bob Ross night because WLIW on on channel uh, on their on their create channel channel 133 they start playing bob ross at nine o'clock and then channel they, they have another channel ch on on optimum channel 144 the uh, the arts channel and they start running bob ross at 11 o'clock you could you could bob ross yourself all night long it goes from nine o'clock it's like a marathon nine to five so i wish they would do that all night for for insomniacs but Anyway, I hope that we're not uh, the equivalent of Bob Ross for JJ, and he, JJ's just, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, he's 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 still out. Even talking about him hasn't woken him up yet. Huh. All right, uh, you got the questions. Yes, I will give them to you right now. Uh, ba 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 ba, and here we go. Go ahead. And this is Briller, Briller Jeopardy for Sunday for Mr. Chiaffi in honor of his new dog, JJ. And the category is dogs, multiple choice. And uh, there are 10 questions here. Question one, normal adult dogs have how many teeth? A, 24, B, 16, C, 42, and D, 32. How many, how many teeth does... A normal adult well, it dog. feels like it feels like forty-two because of how he wants to gnaw in my hand. Uh, thir Thirty-two is uh, the uh, I think hu uh, humans have thirty-two, so I'll say the third choice, twenty-four. Well, you had it right off right off the bat at the very beginning. It it does feel like, and it is forty-two. It's forty-two. Okay. 42 I didn't teeth. actually sit wow. there and count all his teeth, but they, all right, it does feel like 42. Okay. Here's question two. JJ, if you want to, by the way, JJ, if he's listening, if he wants to answer some of these questions, all he has to do is bark. Um, question two, through what part of the body do most dogs sweat? A, the armpits. I never even thought of dogs having armpits. B, ears. C, backside, D, pause. Say it again. Give me one of the choices again. I never thought a, of this either. What do, what, through what part of the body do most dogs sweat? A, armpits, B, ears, C, backside, D, pause. Oh, my God. I have no idea. I'll say pause. Ding, 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 ding. Yes. Oh, okay. Pause is the correct answer. <clears throat> well, that was so, nice. There you go. Yes. Question three is, what is the most common training command taught to dogs? A, stay. B, beg. C, sit. D, dance. So what would you most likely teach your dog to do first well the first Stay, thing the first sit or dance the first thing i taught him was to sit so that, that that's i'll say it's either stay or sit so i'll i'll say i'll say sit c sit it is you sit. Are correct 
It is. You are correct. Now, if I could teach and him how to way, wash my, if I if I could train him to wash my dishes, you know that that <laughs> that, that, that would be um, that would be nice. Now, I when I, growing up in the Bronx, I, I've had two dogs in my life. Uh, my uh, my beloved Yorkie uh, Comet, but I also had when I was growing up in the Bronx, I had a, a French poodle, uh, Gigi, and I taught Gigi how to dance. And the, how I did that was that uh, I used to take baloney. I used to take, you know, how you would peel the, the end of the baloney, right. the skin around the edge of the baloney. And I used to hold it up and I'd say, here, Gigi. And Gigi would stand on her hind legs and she would try to reach up and jump up and down to get to the baloney. And, and when she did that, I would say, dance, dance, dance. So after a while, whenever I said dance, she would get up on her hind legs, jump up and down. And expecting that she would get the baloney. Of course, if I didn't get the baloney, she'd be PO'd at me. But that's how I taught her how to dance. <laughs> well, you can see. Anyway, you can see JJ what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> he re- he remains he remains totally unimpressed by all of this. <laughs> all right. All right. Go ahead. Okay. Next one. Uh, question four: Puppies are delivered how many weeks after conception? A thirty six, B twenty two, C nine, and D fourteen. Uh, what's the long? What was the highest number? Thirty-six. I'll say thirty-six. No, actually, it's C. It's nine. And Gigi, by the way, was, wait a minute. Was, Hold on. Let's say that again. No, the puppies ba- are delivered how many weeks after conception? Nine days of gestation for for a dog. That can't. Well, he didn't say how many. No, how many weeks? Weeks. Oh, weeks. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I, for some reason I said, yeah, nine weeks makes sense. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, no. I, right. I, for some reason I, sorry about that. I misheard that. I heard, I, I, I thought you said days. Your days. Boy, that's fast. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> e- even, even guppies take a little bit longer than that. Next, go Question on. Five. Question five. What is the, what is the smallest dog breed? A is it a dachshund or dachshund? A dachshund. B a shits a, a, a shih, tzu. shih tzu. C pomeranian. Right. Or D a chihuahua. Well, I mean, how do you measure? I mean, dachshunds. Then they have miniature dachshunds, which are are, are really small. Uh, right. I, I, you know, the chihuahuas are small, so it's either I'll say chihuahua. But you know, if it turns out to be a dachshund, it, I wouldn't be shocked. Give that. Give that man a chalupa. It is Chihuahua. Chihuahua, okay. Yes. Number six. Boy, this is interesting. I did. I definitely know one of the one of the one of the uh, one of the answers is wrong. What dog breed has a black tongue? Is it a a husky? Ugh. B a poodle? C. I hope I pronounce this correctly. A wire mariner. We 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 ma- spell it. We W e i m a r a n e r. Never heard of it. We mariner. Never heard of it either. Well, we marinate them. Ch- we marinate them too, but doesn't. What <laughs> <laughs> dia chow chow? Hey Ralph, you got a little piccalilli in that refrigerator? Yeah. <laughs> Cranmar. <clears throat> um, what are the choices again? Husky. A husky, B poodle, C the dog that we can't seem to figure out how to pronounce properly, or D chow chow. I'll say a chow. Mariner. 
the, the chow, folks chow, on the chat yeah. chart say it's a chow, so we'll go, we'll go with the chow. Yeah. Chow, 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 chow. Yes, it is a chow, chow. Um, so here we go with answers to a question number seven. <laughs> this, this is interesting. I've never heard of this. What dog yodels instead of barks? A, 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 a commander. B, an otter hound. C, a bazenji. Would D, a basset hound? I never heard the of this. I don't know. The basset hound, you know, the hound cry is, I mean, if you want to describe it as a yodel, I mean, the other ones I have no idea on. So, um, uh, well, it's it, the correct the correct answer is Basenji, B A S E N J I, and we all know, Joe, that all basset hounds sound very much like Mary Jane Croft. <laughs> if you if you are old timers like if you're old timers like Joe and I, there was a show they and it was in from the 1950s, but they used to rerun it on CBS in the late night or early morning hours into the 1960s, the name of the show was The People's Choice. And it was about, it wasn't Bob Cummings. I think it was, um, oh, who, who played who played Perry White in the Superman movies? Oh, John Hamilton. Um, no, no, uh, Jackie Cooper. Oh, Jackie Cooper, I'm sorry, in the movies. John Hamilton in the series. Right. That's a, okay. Jack, Jack, Jackie Cooper. I worked with Jackie the, Cooper's son on and off for many years, by the way. Really? Yeah. Really, Russell. Well, Jackie Cooper was a Jackie Cooper was it was was the star of this uh, situation comedy called The People's Choice, and he had a dachshund. No, not a dachshund. He had a basset hound named Cleo, and Cleo used to it used to break the fourth wall. In other words, she used to talk to the audience, and Cleo's voice was that of Mary Jane Croft, who played Lucy's best friend on the Lucy Show. She was the voice of of this basset hound. Uh, on the people's choice. Look yeah. it up on Wikipedia, for God's sake. Okay. And, then you, and when you look at it, and when you look it up, you'll know how old at least I am uh, talking about a TV show that's never run anymore on television. And I'm not that far low. behind. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> question. Now, believe it or not, believe it or not, I didn't know this until I read this question, but believe it or not, what is the name on the front of the, what is the name of the dog on the front of the Cracker Jack box, you know, with the sailor and he's yeah. got a little dog at his knee. So what is it? Is it A, Jack, B, Max, C, Bingo, or D, Fido? Candy-coated popcorn, peanuts, and a prize. That's what you get with Cracker Jack. Um, <laughs> hmm. I mean, Jack would be kind of logical since it's the name of the product, but I'll say right. Fido. These would, by the way, these questions would be perfect, not for Jeopardy, but these would be perfect for that show, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, which yeah. right now is being hosted by uh, uh, Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, the the answer to this is bingo. Okay. Wasn't there a song? There was a dog yes, who had his yes. name. Yes, bingo was, was his, his name. name. Oh, oh God. We used to drive. We used to drive the CYO bus driver crazy by singing that as loud as we could in the back of the bus. Oh. Yes. We sang, we sang 99 bottles of beer on the wall. Right. Next. And great and great green globs of greamy, grimy, grimy gopher guts. Right, exactly. Muted, Is that the last monkey meat? Was that the last no, question? No. no, question nine. We have ten of these. How old was the oldest dog ever in the world? Was it A25, B, 
Oh, wait a minute. Okay, B. Yes. Hey, Scott, you gave me two C's here. C and C. B, which he labeled as C, 27, C, 29, or D, 34. The oldest dog ever in the world. 29. That is correct. There actually was a dog that lived to be 29. I have no clue what the... I, I, it, it, generally speaking, the smaller the dog, the longer they live. And uh, you and I both work with a, a lovely uh, news anchor, Courtney Kane. And Courtney told me she had a, a toy Yorkie, a little tea, uh, no, a teacup, a teacup Yorkie who lived to be 21. And uh, that's about as long as I could ever remember a dog living. But 29 was the, uh, lo- the, uh, the longevity of the lo- oldest dog in the world. And the last question, question 10, and bonus worth two points. The chairman will turn 61 on May the 10th. How many dogs has he owned? A Z- How would we know this? A0, B1, C2, D4. I'll say zero. And you are correct. Okay. Just and we'll think. have to remember that May the 10th uh, All right. for, his, uh, for his birthday. And he said, Joe, I forgot that Easter Sunday is April the 4th. So because he originally he had scheduled Renata's cooking Briller Jeopardy to April the 4th. We'll now have to move that to April 11th unless we have a snowstorm on that day. Hey, Joe, you never know. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <clears throat> so let's wrap it up uh, for this Sunday because the weather, you know what, is too nice not to be outside. So head outside Absolutely. and enjoy your day. Uh, it uh, We've got fine weather here in the Northeast. Uh, yesterday was a great day. Temperatures uh, today are getting a, a degree or two higher. So uh, really, you, you got to take advantage, especially in the springtime, because you know as well as I do uh, that uh, sooner or later, we're going to get into one of these gloom and doom patterns where it's going to be cloudy and uh, and gloomy and doomy for about three or four days or longer. So, uh, and you'll be begging for the sun. The Joe and Joe Weather Show exactly. brought to you, yeah. Joe and Joe Weather Show brought to you by Omni True Value Hardware. They got mulch and everything else you need to get your yard in order. Twelve twenty six North Wellwood Avenue in West Babylon. Six three one seven five six one one two five. The best prices in town. OmniTrueValue.com and also. Brought to you by Wholesale Holiday Lighting by Giannini at 162 Ocean Avenue in Lindenhurst. Your complete holiday lighting specialist meeting all your decorating needs. Plan for your ahead for your next holiday season. And by the way, they have uh, all the colors for decorating for Easter too. So, you know, it's not just Christmas and Halloween. It's it's St. Patrick's Day. It's, it's, it's uh, Easter. It's Valentine's Day. So give them a call. 631-957-5106. And their website is liholidaylighting.com. So, um, the plan uh, the plan of attack here, Joe, is that we will uh, we'll have a show for tomorrow night. I'm going to be on the road um, Tuesday, unless I decide to leave a little early tomorrow. But uh, more than likely, I'll probably wait till Tuesday. But in case that changes. Chaffee's coming back. I'm coming to back. The tri-state area. Yeah, I'm coming back. Uh-oh. So, hey, folks, um, he's coming back. So maybe, maybe, just maybe that storm next Sunday might actually have a little more punch to it now. Well, if that <laughs> were to happen, there is, there's no, it, it, it's a co- merely a coincidence, okay? Because I'm, I've already made my position known on this. I'm, I'm dead set against it. So <laughs> for now. And we'll leave you with this thought. On this day, 
1744, Swedish astronomer Anders Celsius died, and he was 43, although his rival Fahrenheit is thoroughly convinced he was really 109. Yeah. Oh, good God. I saw that joke, too, a couple of weeks ago somewhere. All right. By the way, uh, Facebook, uh, there have been issues on Facebook for at least a week uh, ever since that uh, they went to some a new another new format, uh, which uh, co- have, forces you to have to switch profiles if you have a your personal page and you have some other page. Like you know, in our case, is it's a weather page, so uh, it it just makes things uh, um, they they just made things very difficult. And a lot of the tools that I that that uh, I normally use. Uh, uh, with um, web pages and that kind of thing uh, have uh, have not worked and haven't been working. So there's been some technical issues going on this week. Just want to let you know, uh, hopefully they will be getting, they, every day one little thing comes back and starts working again. So uh, and, my, and before we And before we end our lives on this earth, everything will be controlled by Bluetooth. Pretty much. Oh, you, you, you don't have, my goodness, Joe, it, it it works on Bluetooth for crying out loud. You know, that's how it all is going to end for us. Yep, we're all going to be Bluetoothed. All right, everybody, have a great day. Enjoy it. Enjoy the nice weather, and we'll see you tomorrow, seven thirty Eastern time. Yes.